live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee, talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Uh, yes, indeed. Great to be back with you for another week of Off The Tee. So much to talk about, so much to talk to uh, and preview. Uh, we're just going to jump straight into it. Uh, always, no one better to do that with than the former world number 16, the only man to have beaten Tiger Woods twice from two attempts in match play golf. Nick, 2-0 and Hearn. Hello, mate. G'day, Sam. Great to be here. Some low scoring this week or we're last gonna, week. We're going to get stuck right into that. But you have come bearing gifts again for the second week. Of You've course. got a copy of your book, How to Play Your Best Golf, you're going to sign that with a personalised message to the person who can text in 0433981116 with the best question about how to improve their game. So if there's something that is just not going your way and something not quite working for you in your golf game, text in what you'd like help with. And if you are the lucky person that uh, will, pre- will uh, inspire Nick's tip of the week in response to what you need help with, uh, then you will uh, be sent a copy of his book, How to Play Your Best Golf. And it is a ripping book, a great read, uh, tips that automatically changed the way that I play. So I've gone from really, really bad to uh, just not as bad, <laughs> not as really, really bad. Um it's it's wonderful you've done that. So zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. You speak of going low. That's where we're going to start this evening's show. And you just wait for the noise if Bryson can do it. Two putts for fifty nine. Comes down to this. Off it goes. It's close. champion at the Greenbrier. It's your first win since your dad passed. Did you think no. about him out there? Don't do He'd that. be very proud of you. Don't do that. He'd be really yeah. proud of what you just achieved. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he would. He was with me out there all day today, no, no doubt. It's uh, been almost a, a year and it's been a tough, it's been a really, really difficult couple of years, but doing it this way and finishing out with a 58 or something like that it, it, it's it's all glory to god and glory to him uh upstairs and um i can't thank my dad for all he taught me and my mom for all she taught me my brother uh everybody it's just amazing what i was able to do i'm super excited and it couldn't have been done without all them we're going to start with Liv the green at Greenbrier. Bryson DeChambeau followed up his second round 61 with a final round 58 at match jim furyk's all-time lowest pga to a score from 2016 and eclipsed your mate Stuart Appleby's 2010 score of 59 at the Old White to win his first live event and his first event win since May 2021, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He finished 23 under, six shots clear of Mito Pereira, whose talk team actually defeated Bryson's Crushers team by three shots to claim the team title. Bryson walks away with a $4 million winner's check. And what a way to do it, Nick Ahern, dropping the monster putt to claim that 58. It was incredible. I mean, I... 61.58 over the weekend. I mean, I know a lot of people have that for nine hole scoring right there. So <laughs> add that up and there's you their 18 straight hole at me. Score. You look straight at me when you said that. Uh, it was an incredible <laughs> finish. I mean, they're 
Greenbrier has given up some low scores. I think that almost could be the third 50 or sub-60 round there. I'm not quite sure, but I obviously remember Stewie Appleby, a good mate of mine, holding a winning putt there as well on that final hole. Par three to finish, quite unusual for uh, for golf courses to have a par three. But he birdied the final four holes. The course was soft. It was there for the taking. Had a bit of rain around in the in the vision. If you've seen it, you can see the raindrops coming down. And, uh, you know, you drive for show and putt for dough, as they say, because he made some really good putts coming down the stretch. And, and what a result for Live Golf in that mm. regard. The first sub-60 round, ideally you do it on a, uh, on a par 70. That's always nice. I've got a question for you. I was looking up this stat earlier. How mm. many 58s have there been? And now we know Jim Furyk had one on the PGA Tour, <sighs> but what I'm going to say is how many 58s on a recognised golf tour has there ever been recorded? Take a guess. I, I saw something. Is it five? Oh, you're close. It's six. Six. Yeah. Uh, there was yeah. one on Bryson the Japan seven. tour. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a couple. Uh, let me, okay. Jason Bone, Canadian tour. Uh, Ryo Ishikawa on, in Japan. Yes. Stephen Yeager on the web.com, which the is now on the Corn Ferry. Yep. Uh, Jim Furyk, as we know, at the Travellers. Uh, Song, Song Hyun Kim on the Japanese tour as well. And yep. then Alejandro Del Rey on the Challenge tour. So there has been a few 58s before, but... Not, you know, on a, on a massive recognised yep. tour like the PGA Tour or in this regard, the Live Golf Tour, if you want to call that. Well, it depends on if you want to call that a recognised <laughs> tour. We're not going to go down that rabbit yeah. hole tonight. Well, <laughs> Jim Furyk was actually asked about it and I think it's a little disappointing, his response. He was said he? there's a big difference. He said mine actually counted. Ooh. So that's pretty salty. Oh, that is. Uh, and, and pretty disrespectful. A little bit in that regard. Yeah, I, I know... Um, I know Bryson would have won a lot more money for uh, for his 58 than Jim yeah. did, that's for sure. Uh, but John Rahm tweeted his congratulations. It doesn't matter what tour you're on, yeah. 58 is, is huge. It's incredible. Um, 13 birdies and one bogey. Oh, got the bogey in there. I didn't know he had a bogey. He had a bogey, okay. yeah. Oh, well. They, well, again, uh, part, again, people say, well, they've shot 11 or 12 under and 61, 60 mm. you know, on par 72 or par 71 courses. If you're going to do 59 or better... Play those past seventy courses, but it's still yeah. so difficult. The and and you could hear the emotion in his voice. Yeah. The, the first tournament win since his dad died. He's he's often misunderstood and and a little bit maligned. I think Bryson DeChambeau. Um, he but he's, he's undeniable. He's an interesting cat. I will yeah. say that I played with him at the Australian Masters when he Is came right? to, when he came down here as an amateur just before he turned pro. Yeah. I played with him. And he's a little out there, I will say that. And if you know the Huntingtail Golf Course where they have the Aussie yeah. Masters, we got to the second hole, the second tee, which is a slight dogleg right par. Mm. Par four, you sort of lay one up and then you hit a wedge or a short iron in. And he says to his caddy, oh, what's the bunker? And I'm thinking, bunker? There's no bunker down there. And then I realised he was talking about the greenside bunker. He hit driver and just flew it all the way on there. It was incredible how wow. far he hit the ball. He yeah. played great that day. He didn't win, but it was... Did you chat much? A little bit, yeah. yeah. He's just... He's what very... did you glean from him? That as his mind works in a different way to mine. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah he's. Can you ro- elaborate? <laughs> well, I'm again. I'm, I'm more into the creative side of golf, and that yeah. he's very scientific. And he was talk- reeling yeah. off stats that I just had no clue what he was talking about. I don't think people realise that this is one of the hardest workers in golf. To this guy, not only just on his body, um, but but on his game. I mean, he is always. He's he's one of the best putters in the yes. world mm. statistically. Um, obviously, we know what he can do with a driver, but I don't think he gets enough credit for his wedge game and certainly his putting because he is 
he is he works tirelessly at those things. Well, he's, he also changed the game recently when he bulked yeah. up and put all that weight on, created all that speed. He made Rory McIlroy lose some, you know, play play worse basically yeah. because Rory started chasing distance and he realised that he didn't need to do that. The other thing with Bryson, he did say after the event, it is he has this new driver this uh, crank driver or what it is, whatever it is that has won world long driving championships. And he said now he can practice less because the thing goes straight wherever he hits it on the face. So maybe he won't need to work as hard. Uh, well, congratulations uh, to him. Um, it, it's been a while coming. His form earlier in the year was scratchy. Uh, he dropped weight. Um, but his last few tournaments, um, and he had he had a good – did he – he, he was, had a quite a decent finish yeah, I think at he, the Open or uh, was it the – he had a tied for fourth at one yep. of the majors. It might have been the PGA and then tied for 20th at the US Open. You yep. say he's lost weight. Yeah, he all the, apparently eight protein shakes a day is not too good for you, as it no. turns out. No. <laughs> uh, so congratulations to Bryson DeChambeau. For the Aussies, Leishman, Jones and Smith all finished at six under. They all pocket 162K uh, US, if you don't mind. And Jed Morgan finished last at plus one and still gets 123,000. So he is shaky whether he will keep his... Um, yeah, it's not looking good for him to keep his live card for next year. Yeah, there are a couple of players that seem to be bringing up the field every week is Jed Morgan and Siwan Kim in, yep. the, in the live golf. So uh, the bottom four or five, they'll be... Yeah. They'll be... Uh, uh, and great to relegated. see Matt Wolf um, contending. He was a joint leader going into the final day. Uh, didn't quite pan out for him, but this was the guy that Brooks Kepka said, I'm, I'm done with that guy. Uh, mm-hmm. his, his teammate, Brooks, the captain of, of their team. And he's responded in the best way possible. And yeah. uh, down the very bottom, you can see the name Chase Kepka. So I think Brooks may have some issues more close to home in his team. Well, Brooks beat his brother Chase by only one shot and, yeah. and Matt Wolf beat him by 13 strokes. So there's a message for you, Brooks. Absolutely. Uh, what a way to respond. Um, on the other side of the break, we'll go through the, the, the PGA because there were so many narratives, so many storylines to come out of the Wyndham Championship. We've got a ton to get through uh, on Off the Tee this evening. We're going to tell you how it all shapes up for the finals, for the PGA Tour. The, the championship part of the season is upon us, the FedEx and Jude. We will go through what incredible bit of history was claimed by Celine Boudier, who won the Scottish Open after claiming the Evian. Two wins in a row, and we will preview the final women's major of the year. That's all sort of come on off the tee. Your questions for Nick, 0433981116, the one we pick out, will get a signed copy of Nick's book, How to Play Your Best Golf. We'll keep going through the news for Ping Golf Equipment so you can play your best. Ping Golf Equipment is custom engineered, custom fit and custom built for you to play your best. More off the tee after this. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee, talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Go ahead and make it. Turn, turn, turn. That's what he does. The man from Greenville is a winner in Greensboro. Why is this one so emotional for all of you? Say hey to mom. Hey mom. <laughs> Hi mommy. <laughs> um, I don't get to see these guys as much as I've wanted to because I haven't been playing that great. So maybe I can maybe I can see more practices and more games and be home a little more. So I'm too I'm too old to be on the road this much. I've been busting my hump so I can be with them, be with my wife. I'm so happy. 
So happy indeed uh, for Lucas Glover, the winner of the Wyndham Championship on the PGA Tour at Sedgefield Country Club in North Carolina. He's from South Carolina, the 2009 US Open winner, 43 years of age. His fifth PGA Tour win with a two-shot win over world number 29 now, Russell Henley, who moves to 20th on the FedEx and world number 57, uh, Byong Hun An, who's now 37th on the FedEx and has had uh, a se- uh, tied, he's been second, I can't even read my own writing, Nick, but he's had two top three finishes in these last three events. So Lucas jumps from 117th in the world to 53rd, and more importantly, 112th to 49th in the FedEx Cup, which if he stays there, gets him to at least the second week. Um, uh, of of the championships. So that's massive for him and a $1.3 million payday. Um, it was a, a really strong performance from him. It was. He, he's he been one of the best ball strikers in the world for a, a very long time. He's been out there about 20 years or so on tour. I played with Lucas, know him uh, reasonably well. A nice guy, tells you as mm. it is. Uh, yep. If he doesn't want to comment on things, he, he just says, um, you know, I'm, don't talk to me. Uh <laughs> 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 things like that. Plays without sure. a glove, which is very unusual. Uh, and which with the is name hilarious. Lucas Glover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little ironic there. But uh, but he's all, the biggest thing for him has been his putting. He's, he's suffered the yips. He's been pretty public about it. And a little while ago, changed to the long putter, mm. uh, the broomstick. And that has really turned his game around. Yeah. And we saw him hold some very crucial putts uh, yeah. all week, basically. And uh, I mean, and it's funny, the yips almost never leave you in some regard because I saw he had about a nine or a 10 inch putt on one hole and he was pretty locked in on it trying to make it. And I'm yeah. thinking, well, you just tap that in. But uh, they're always lurking, I guess you could okay. say. But with the broom, with the broomstick putter, it certainly is easier. But it was a wonderful win. And, and that FedEx Cup bubble, you know, we were watching uh, as the tournament came down to the wire. Obviously, pretty disappointed for Adam Scott, how he just missed out and and other players that are around that top 70 mark. There's so much to play for in that final week, and, and it's thrilling to watch. By the way, if you are suffering from putting yips and you'd like Nick to solve it for you, 043 <laughs> if you text that one through, how to Ooh. solve your putting yips, I tell you what, you'd be right in the running to be the question that we pick out uh, to ask Nick, and then you'd get a copy of his book, How to Play Your Best Golf. Uh, for the Aussies... Adam Scott, Cam Davis finished tied for seventh, 223K in their back pocket. Uh, Harrison Endicott, though, Cam Percy and Aaron Badley all missed the cut and will miss the playoffs. It means, so we're going to go through this because there's some mm. big names who have missed out on the top 70. So it's top 70 for the first time. But Aaron, uh, but Adam Scott has made the playoffs every year since inception. So a 16-year streak comes to an end. He finished just outside the top 70. Uh, and it was pretty... Interesting, pretty. I think he was quite. Um, he was quite okay with it. Yeah, he was philosophical. Philosophical anyway. is, yeah. is the word I was looking for, and just said it'll give me a chance to actually go back and and have it take be able to take the time now to to really figure out what's not actually working for me mm. at the moment and, and fix it. Yeah, he gave it a great run. I mean, the, the final round, he shot 63, but yeah. four of his last six holes. So you've got to give him credit for giving it his all. And as it turned out, he was one stroke from making the FedEx Cup playoff. So finishing 72nd, the other player, uh, Justin Thomas, I mean, he worked his butt off as well to try and get into it at the end. And that chip shot, unbelievable, the final hole.
did everything but drop. How close do you reckon it was? Yeah, I, I, I want to. I'd love to know if it had some spin on the ball because if it if it had some spin and it didn't take that last bounce into the flag, well then it's going in. Yeah. If it didn't have any spin, well it was a bit of a luck of the luck of the draw. But he yep. looked as though he hit it pretty well. He eagled fifteen, the par five, and you're watching the projected rankings, and that made him seventy on the list. So he's in at that stage. He bogeys sixteen. He goes back to seventy one. He needs to make a birdie over the last couple of holes, and eighteen is a tough hole to make a birdie. Hits yep. it left. It's an incredible shot just to get to the front of the green, and gee, it's a tough break for him. Yeah, so that's the first time in his career that he's missed the playoff. Matt Cooch is now the only man uh, to to make it every year mm. since this since, since FedEx inception. Cup started, yeah. yeah, which is uh, I think six. This is the seventeenth year. How I many times did you play? I probably played FedEx Cup maybe five or six years uh, yep. in a row when I was playing over in the US. Yeah, best finish. Oh, I, I never made it through to the Tour Championship. Okay. Uh, I made it through to the, what was it, Chicago or the, or the second or third week or something the like BMW, that. The BMW, which is yeah, now the BMW. Something yep. like that, yeah. But it, but it, it's funny, you know, the Wyndham Championship, that golf course, I played that a lot. Uh, yep. Twice I've had to make putts on the final hole to make the cut. Wow. Uh, which didn't necessarily get me into the playoffs, but it sort of improved my rankings and things like that. So it's a, it's a real uh, knee knocker, that golf course. So Cam Davis is the, the feel-good story from an Aussie mm. point of view because he is tied for seventh finish, actually jumped him to 69th and into the first week at least. Well, he, he was 69 starting the week. Yeah. So if he misses the cut, he's actually going to miss the playoffs. I think it jumped him to about 62 on the list, something oh, like right that. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have to hit refresh. Maybe the refresh button <laughs> needs. But So the guy who finished uh, 70, he started the week at 68, Ben Griffiths, and he missed the cut. So he was watching that bubble yep. the whole week thinking, am I going to make it? And he was out for a little while because Justin Thomas, and then he made the bogey and so on. But Cam did an, it was an amazing effort from him. He makes the cut and he gets through, so it was no issue. The only player actually to get inside the top 70 who was outside at the start of the week was Lucas Glover, yeah. which is really surprising. I thought there'd be more guys making it in, but it just goes to show you how much of a mental struggle that final week is. So Ram, Scheffler, McElroy, the top three. Um, Jason Day finishes 11th, so a great season from Jason Day. But the big names to miss the playoffs... Justin Thomas, we've just heard the heartbreak there, but major winner Shane Lowry, uh, Billy Horschel has missed, Gary Woodland has missed, Joel Damon has missed as well. Those are just a, a few of the big names that won't be, uh, well, teeing off yeah. and uh, it, this weekend. And it was a tough one for, uh, for for Billy Horschel because he was in, really, going into the final round. Yeah. If he just shoots par or better, I think he makes it through to the top 70, but he shot two over. He, his putting wasn't great. And if you ever no. watched Billy Horschel... Uh, putt and you do have the yips. Well, I do not recommend you watch him because it's tough to watch him get over a putt. So we'll do a, a full review of the St. Jude's Championship. It's at TPC Southwind, Memphis, Tennessee, 70 player field, previously 125. Top 50 after this week will all advance to the BMW Championship at Olympia Field uh, outside Chicago. And from there, the top 30 go to East Lake in Atlanta for the Tour Championship. So the points are quadrupled for the first two playoff events with the winner earning 2,000 points and 70th earning 12 points. There's a great article up on the PGA website to show the top 10 and the season that they've had and John Rahm um, with the four wins. The, the, the most fascinating stat um, I think that I found on there was in relation to Scotty Scheffler. So Scheffler, it was 174 points behind, but he recorded 19 top 25s in 20 starts this season. That's incredible. And, Seven and, straight top fives uh, before the Open, um, and he only won twice. Uh, only, but he won twice this year. But 
he has just been the model of consistency. Yeah, he certainly has been. I mean, he had a, a, a stat going for a little while. It might have been the Open where it got broken, where he had 19 going in from last year, 19 top 11s in a row or something like that. It was just incredible, the golf he was playing from tee to green. Mm. And the scary thing was he didn't even putt that great. If he'd have putted average or better than average, he could have had eight or nine wins this season. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, his putting stats just don't no. stack up to because he's top you know, handful in just about every other stat except putting. And as you said before, drive for show, putt for dough. If he gets the putting right, um, Rory McIlroy, the defending uh, champion or last year's uh, FedEx champion winner, uh, third in the standings with two wins this season, uh, seven straight top ten finishes. Um, Max Homer and Wyndham Clark are the other two that uh, round out the top five. But um, have you got a tip first week? To win uh, at Memphis, yeah. Ooh. Well, I've I've played the, that that golf course quite a bit. Um, it wasn't. It used to be on the regular tour season, not in the playoffs. Uh, fun finishing hole around the water. I'm trying to think. Uh, I remember Cam Smith did pretty well there one year. And did someone hold out? Oh, Dustin Johnson hold out on the final hole. I think one year to win as well uh, at that golf course. But um, who's my tip? Oh gosh, you put me on the spot right now. I never even thought about it. But uh, I think you're going to see someone. Around that 40-50 mark, that uh, might just catch fire and all of a sudden they sneak up into the top 10. So I'd have to take a look at the FedEx Cup. Let me come back to you on that one, Sam. <laughs> uh, keep your questions coming through for Nick. The winning question that we put to Nick, uh, 0433981116, gets a copy of his book, How to Play Your Best Golf. We'll continue to work through the news for Ping Golf. Use Ping Golf equipment so you can play your best. We're going to turn our attention to the LPGA on the other side of this. Stick around. More off the tee. Up next. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee, talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Uh, welcome back or two Off The Tee, whichever category you fit into. Either way, wonderful to be chatting with you this evening. Sam Hargraves, Nick Two and O'Hearn. Before we went to the break, Nick, I did ask you for a tip for week one uh, of the playoffs. The St Jude is this week in Memphis. Uh, who, who do you think? feel is uh who do you feel like is going to walk away uh with that title i i just think tommy fleetwood at some point is going to break his pga tour win drought mm. and I, I think tommy he's going to be my pick he's a ball striking machine yep uh you need that around this golf course in memphis you have to be fairly precise length isn't a big factor but it does help and tommy's you know long enough and he just needs to get hot with the putter Last year, Rory claimed the the the, the FedEx uh, and the the Tour Championship. Didn't win the major, but got the Tour Championship. Scotty Scheffler has had a, a major free year. Mm. Um, I wonder whether he will. That will be the narrative. And the other one I thought of to take it all out was maybe Ricky Fowler, who's been in really really good form. That would be a great story. Yep. Yeah. And, and Scheffler has the advantage of being, obviously, what, what is he on the FedEx Cup? Probably number two, he's I second think, behind yep. Rahm. Yeah. So he, you know he's going to play well yep. because he just does that all the time. So he's going to be one of those top few guys going into the Tour Championship. And then they have the staggered start where you number one yep. gets a, a lead, a two-shot lead on second and so on. So yep. the guys in the bottom half, well, they're ten shots behind already, which makes it tough, obviously. So... Uh, 
I, I, you got to fancy his chances. But at the same time, Rory, when he won the final event and won the FedEx Cup, he would have given it all back for a major. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Victor Hovland is another one too. Mm. Um, and, and I wonder, Max Homer, who finished top five, you wonder, and when we're just throwing names up here, but for the first time he got that top ten in a major and that was a big um, monkey off his back. So that free, that has you got the sense that that was such a relief. So it's it certainly I think maybe freed him up. So I wonder whether he can come and play his best because his best is phenomenal. Oh, it's it's obviously world class. He's he's won several times on the PGA Tour, um, and that stat where he hasn't played well in majors really surprised me. So as as you're right, it's nice for him to get the top ten. But again, I don't think it means that much to him at this particular point where he just wants to get that mm. that, that win in a major basically. Uh, let's turn our attention to the LPGA and Celine Boutier at two wins in a row. At the moment, it's still the victory for Celine Boutier in the 3D Group Women's Scottish Open. So after claiming the Evian Major, uh, her home major, um, she claims the Scottish Open, a two-shot win, a long-range birdie putt on 17 was the clinching Moment. She's now gone to number three in the world and number one in the season standings. I mean, winning a major, obviously, the, the hardest thing to do in golf. But how difficult is it, especially in women's golf at the moment, with the depth of talent, um, how hard to win two weeks in a row? Oh, incredibly difficult. But it's Which is kind of strange because, mm. and, and, and that's a weird thing to say, but when you win a golf tournament... Obviously, the best time to win your next one is the week after because you're in good form. <laughs> yep. And all you've got to do is, and when I say all you've got to do, is get in contention. And and because it wasn't a major, you would think the pressure wouldn't be quite as great. But she did say she was feeling very nervous going into that final round. Uh, I watched a little bit of the coverage and, and the putt she made on 17 that you mentioned was almost a bit of a surprise. She wasn't expecting it to go in and then she played a very conservative final hole. But the best part about it is... Next week, or sorry, this week coming is the AIG Women's Open at Walton Heath. So that's another major. And mm. why not win three in a row the way she's playing? She is the hottest golfer in the world right now. Uh, Sarah Kemp finished tied for ninth. It's a mm. good result for her. For the Aussies, Minji Lee and Steph Kiriakou tied for 13th. Minji's gone down another spot, though, in the rankings. Was top five, was fifth, I think, to start the year and is now 10th mm. uh, in the world at the moment. Carice Davidson was cut. Minji Lee, though, I tell you, her opening round, 80 she shot. And then she's backed that up with 66, 68, 66. So I have a feeling she's in good form. Yes. But to to come back mentally, especially from shooting 80 the first round, that is an incredible effort. Uh, She's suiting up for her 10th um, Open Championship. Uh, Her best finish was in 2020 where she was third. Um, Two-time major winner though. Um, And as you say, found form after a horror first round at the Scottish Open. Uh, one of six Aussies who are going to be teeing off. Um, is she the best placed um, out of our Aussie contingent? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, it, right now it's probably between her and Steph Kiriakou and I guess Sarah Kemp's playing well, obviously, because she mm. finished top ten. But Hannah Green's gone off the boil. She's missed the last couple of cuts. She had a horror miscut at the Evian where, where she really finished poorly, making some bogeys and that coming down the stretch. So yep. Minji Lee, for sure, is, I think, the outstanding Aussie amongst our group. Yeah, Hannah is... Um, Played it five times. Her best finish was in 2019 when she was tied for 16th. Um, as we know, the, the PGA Championship win in, in 2019 is her best result uh, claiming that major. Um, Grace Kim plays her first 
uh, Open Championship. She's had um, two top 20 finishes in majors this year, a tied for 13th at the the US Open. Um, probably got the back-to-reality, crash-back-down-to-earth moment um, for the Evian. Mm. Um, but, you know, in her rookie year, she's already just outside the, the top 50 in the world and she's in her rookie year on the LPGA. So... I mean, we're just seeing the start of what we think is going to be an incredible career. Exactly. I, I always say, look, the rookie year of any touring pro is the toughest because you're going to places you've never been, you've never seen the golf courses, you've got to figure out the travel arrangements and all that sort of thing. So it's a massive adjustment and you will see these roller coaster rides uh, from rookies. So if they can be very consistent, I mean, the, the girl who's really playing fairly consistent is this Rose Zhang who just turned pro as well. Yeah. So, uh, but Grace is having a phenomenal year, and to get that win in her first year is incredible. Yeah. Uh, Steph Kuriaku uh, has played three uh, women's opens before. Last year was tied for seventh. Uh, that's her best result at a major, so has fond memories of, of this tournament, only 22 years of age, but um, a- another strong performance at the Scottish Open. Um, how do you rate her chances, the Sydney Sider? Very much so, yeah. I think she loves playing uh, in windy conditions, mm. um, you know, along the coastline there. Obviously, St. Michael's, New South Wales Golf Club, I'm sure she's played around there yes. a lot where the wind just absolutely pumps. Now, the, the thing, the funny thing about this golf course is it's an inland course. It's uh, Walton Heath, which is in Surrey, so it probably won't be that windy, and it's more of a uh, what they call a Heathland course there. So I, I've never played it, but I hear it's just wonderful. So... Expect to see her up there because she loves, you know, playing in Europe and obviously the, the with her top, her best finish in a major there, she'll uh, draw on those fond memories. I can't believe she's only 22, though. That's incredible. Uh, Sarah Kemp and Kelsey Bennett, the other Aussie who's going to be playing. It's the first time that she's playing a major. She qualified through a 13-way playoff at the final qualifying event at Hankley Common. 24 years of age. What a moment this is for her. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, when you get in those playoffs for a spots to get into tournaments, it's it's you almost feel more pressure in those scenarios because it's it's one of those win or go home scenarios. If you if you make a bogey, you're out type thing. Thirteen for five, that is a tough tough one to do. And she has been playing well. She's been playing pretty good on the uh, ladies' European to, um, secondary tour, which is called mm. the LET Access Tour. She had a good finish there a couple of weeks ago. Watch this girl because her swing and her ball striking is incredible. Uh, So we wish all our six Aussies the very best of luck. Of course, we'll do a a full review uh, of the Women's Open next week on Off the Tee. Keep those questions coming through for Nick 2 and O'Hearn, 0433 98 11 16, uh, for your chance to get a personally uh, addressed message um, personalised to you, signed. Um, How to Play Your Best Golf is Nick's book. Um, the big golf story during the week, Nick, was Tiger Woods, who we heard barely a peep from since it was announced that the uh, public investment fund, uh, the Saudi-backed public investment fund, was, um, well, reaching a, an alliance and going into an agreement with the PGA uh, and the DP World Tours. He did come out and refute um that he was at a meeting where there was uh, supposedly words that were written for him to say in support of Jay Monaghan. He wasn't at that meeting, so he never uh, gave that speech. Um, that came out in one of the, the class actions. It's not class action. The um, uh, What are we calling it? The um, I just haven't got it written down. The the, the one in Florida. The um, the guy who's uh, uh, the lawyer for Patrick Reed, who's um, oh, uh, the, attempting to get a, a class action going. One of the lawsuits. One of the yeah. antitrust lawsuits antitrust, that's happening that's at the moment. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Sorry, I was drawing a blank so, as well. So Tiger has 
now joined the PGA Tour Policy Board, the sixth playing director. So now six of the 12 positions are held by players. How big is this from your point of view and what do you think sits behind his decision to do something he has never done? Mm. He's been asked every year and has always knocked it back. Well, when he was playing, this this, this takes some of your time. Another person on that board is is Rory McIlroy. So he's he's on there as well. So you almost feel as though the two... Uh, big wigs in golf from the player's perspective are on this board and, and they drive policy and, and how they want things to go moving forward. Now, there are six non-playing directors as well, which is made up of people like Jimmy Dunn and Ed Hurley, who, who were in those talks with the PIF. You remember mm. all that when that came out with Jay Monaghan. Uh, so they sort of obviously bounce ideas back and around the, the, from the player side of things. They're, they're representing the rest of the player group and there's been a you know a couple of more announcements uh, in regards to Jay Monaghan and, and and the thoughts around what's going to happen going forward. You know, decisions can't be made without the consent of the policy board and things like that, which is you would think a given. <laughs> but um, I think it's great for the game and great for Tiger to to, to be in that room when all those uh, important decisions are made. Because to be honest, who's going to say no to this guy? Because he has been golf for the last twenty five years, pretty much or more. And uh, he has the traditions of the game, I think, uh, at, at, at heart. At heart you know, Despite starting a very uh, a brand-new product himself, which was the, the part. Sure. Um, oh, uh, TGL, I Yeah, think, the right? TGL mm. League, which is going to be part simulator, part live, sort of mm. stadium golf, which is going to be fascinating when it starts. Colin Neville is the other interesting name that's uh, – he's acting as an advisor to the players. Okay. Um, a name that golf fans would probably be familiar with. He's also been given full access to the agreement between the PIF and the PGA. Um, he was uh, one of the, the founders of what was going to be the rival league, uh, an international golfing league to the PGA Tour, which actually was partly backed by the Saudi money, but then they went in the direction of live uh, instead. So he's been brought on – as an advisor okay. uh, to the players, and he will have full access to all of the agreements that have been reached. So that Jay Monaghan's listened to the concerns of the players. There's still a lot of work to do to gain back some of that trust um, that a lot of players have said that he has severely, you know, lost mm. from a lot of them. Um, so there's a lot of work being done behind the scenes. The interesting thing is going to be, because part of the, the framework for the new agreement, this alliance, is that the PIF are going to get a board seat. So there's going to be a 13th seat. And with Tiger and Rory sitting directly across from, um, his, I'd, I'd say it would be, yeah. Um, yes, sir. The, the head of, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, sir. Um, Al Ramayan uh, from the, the, the public investment fund who runs that. So that's going to be, I mean, you'd love to be a fly on the wall. You'd love to be in those meetings now, wouldn't yep. you? And, and, and the players are actually chosen from different categories. So, so they put names, you know, I was in, oh, my name was up there as well. And, and you'd have a whole range of, you know, the top 30 guys, the next whatever so would you, 30. So you and, sat on the... I, I never did. No, no. No, no one no one voted for me to get on there. So <laughs> I was actually, re- I was relieved because it takes up your time. Yeah. I, I didn't really want to be on there. But sure. kind of if you're asked, you have to be on there, I suppose. But um, yeah, it'll be fascinating to, to see how they go moving forward. But uh, I, I think it's a great thing that Tiger's put his name forward and, and has come on board. The other thing that's been released this week, finally, is the schedule for next year's PGA mm. Tour. So when you went through all of that, what jumped off the page for you in terms of next year? Well, selfishly as a player, I noticed Pebble Beach has the you know, the tournament, which is typically Pebble Beach, Spyglass and Monterey, 
uh, Monterey Golf Club. They play with amateurs. You know, it's 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 mm. a very very long week now. They've because of the celebrities that play, they tend to love to sign autographs and play up to the crowds and things like that. But they've changed that to uh, just Pebble Beach and Spyglass now, and the amateurs are only going to play 36 holes, and then the weekend it's just pros only. So a lot of the pros that play that, they're going to be very relieved. But I think that's going to be one of the uh, designated events as well. So they will yep. all be showing up to that one. So a lineup of 36 tournaments in a calendar year schedule for the first time since 2012. It includes eight signature events, uh, those designated events um, in the just uh, ended 2023 regular season. So no sign of any live golf events. So it would look like things will maintain that live will have its own uh, tour and it'll be business as usual for the time being, at least for another year for live. Um, but the, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am will replace the Phoenix Open on the list of PGA signature events, which is a shame for Phoenix because it's become... It's it's got its own it's got its own personality. It's a un, it's its own unique entity. Yeah, well, the, in what I, it is. I think the idea is to rotate these signature events as well, going down the track. Okay. So you know, one year they have it, and then Phoenix will come back on the rotation again. I'd say the ones that will stay there are going to be the Memorial Jacks Tournament, probably Bay Hill mm. Genesis, which is Tigers event. They're the three Invitationals, but. Ones like um, the RBC Heritage at Hilton Head, that might probably get rotated off. And, and you'll see... Like and it the, won't have a cut next year either. So the Century, the AT&T Pebble Beach program that you mentioned, uh, Wells Fargo, the Travellers and the three FedEx Cup playoffs won't feature a cut. cut. The Century, which was normally were formerly the Tournament of Champions, will start the season uh, in January. The three that will have cut that, that's in those are the Invitational. So Tigers event, mm. uh, the Genesis, the uh, Memorial and Bay Hill. One of the things Tiger, when he came on the policy board, said, look, we need to keep these as cut events, and, that, and that's a good thing. And as for the Olympics next year, which golf is an Olympic event, so it's going to be in early August. So the PGA Tour season ending on the August 8th to 11th at the Wyndham Championship, uh, setting up the FedEx Cup playoffs at St. Jude. Um, so that's going to be interesting, how that all fits in with the Olympics and then also with the season ending uh, playoff events. Yeah, and then be President's Cup year as well. So, they yep. got, although that'll come after the playoffs, obviously. But uh, what they're then going to do after the playoffs is all those players from 51 and above will then be able to play in a, some sort of a fall series, kind of like they do now. Yeah, so the Olympics is going to be August 1st to 4th, and then that will be before the Wyndham and then into the playoffs. That's how that right. will roll out uh, in terms of that. Hey, um, we've got to get to a break and come back. The Mulligan for this week. Uh, if you've got a nomination for who you could have used the Mulligan through this week's golfing results, 0433981116, or you can call 1300-736-736, and we will pick the question to ask Nick uh, for Nick's tip of the week. And the person we pick will get a personalised uh, copy of Nick's book, How to Play Your Best Golf. That's how we'll finish up off the tee on the other side of this. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee, talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Uh, time to hand out a mulligan each and every week. Uh, Nick or I or both uh, hand out a mulligan to someone who really could have used one throughout the week in golf. Nick, would you like to do the honours first? Who's getting your mulligan this week? I, I will have to give that to a fellow Australian, Scott Hend, Scotty who was Hend. playing the Indonesian Open. I was doing commentary for the Asian Tour this past weekend. Yeah. Scott, unfortunately, well, well fortunately, he was tied for the lead playing the last hole, the 18th, 
water all the way down the left, water on the right, out of bounds left as well. He took driver, probably shouldn't have hit driver, and he hooked it out of bounds and made double and lost the golf tournament. So oh, uh, I would no. say, Scott, have that tee shot again, maybe even hit a three with off the tee, but... Uh, yeah, it was a tough one for him, but good result. I mean, he's won 10 times on the Asian Tour. He's second on the career money list over there. He's had a wonderful career there. Uh, he certainly has. Other Aussies uh, that were at that tournament, uh, Doug Klein typing on it. Tom Power Horan was typing on it as well. There was a heap of Aussies. Yes. Um, Dean Lawson, Terry uh, Pilkadaris, uh, Josh Younger, uh, Marcus Fraser, and then a whole bunch that um, actually missed the cut as well from the Aussie contingent. Yeah, it was won by a Thai golfer called uh, Nititon Tapong. So the other thing yep. I had to deal with was trying to get the names out correctly because it's, it's not that Absolutely. easy uh, over there with some of the names, but it was a lot of fun. I'm going to give my mulligan this week to Jim Furyk, who we spoke about before. John Rahm said it best. It doesn't matter what tour you're playing on and what you think of the tour that someone else is playing on, but shooting 58 is something that should be celebrated and not disrespected in the manner that the 2003 US Open winner did when asked about... Uh, Bryson DeChambeau's 58, and he said it's a lot different. Mine actually counted. I thought that was pretty classless. I think that if you're a statesman of the game, that you can you could just maybe be a little bit more gracious um, yeah. when, a, when a golfer does something that is as rare as rocking horse, you know what. Yeah, I like that, Mulligan, because, uh, yeah, you're right. Jim probably should have said something else. Next tip of the week for Mizuno Golf, hashtag nothing feels like a Mizuno. The winning entrant, thanks everyone who sent in a text. There's some great questions here, but there can only be one winner of the book. We're going to store up some of these, though, and we'll try to answer a few more when we get the opportunity. Uh, but Sam has <laughs> texted in. Is this you? Or? No, this is not me. <laughs> okay. Uh, tip of the week, I need some help with my putting. How do I figure out how much a putt will break and if a green is firm or soft? That's from Sam Nick. Well, the good news, Sam, is when you get the book, there is a whole chapter on how to read greens, which is fantastic. Uh, as far as, well, I'll, and I'll go through that shortly, but as far as a green is firm or soft, well, the best way, once you hit your ball onto the green, have a look at the pitch mark that, that you make. Is, is it taking a big, big pitch mark or is it only just a graze? Plus, when you walk on, you can feel whether the, the feet are just sinking in a little bit or, you know, throughout the Melbourne winters, a lot of the courses, they tend to get a little softer, but during the summer, they obviously dry out. So look at the surrounds, have a good feel. Does it have a bit of a sheen to it? That's another way to see if it's dried out as well. But as far as break goes, what I'd highly recommend is to walk to the low side of the putt. And what I mean by that is if you know it's going to break from left to right, walk to the right-hand side and look from there. You'll see much more from the low side when you're looking at putts. Don't just look from behind. Okay, it's like reading a book. If you read a book, you'd tilt the page towards you. You wouldn't tilt it away from you. So you see much more when you tilt it towards you, and that's the best way to read greens. And then how much you give as far as break goes, well, that depends on your speed. So that's the next thing you need to work on is, is good speed because if you have good speed, the hole becomes much bigger. And as I said, it's all in the book. There's a big chapter on that one, and I hope you enjoy it. So the less speed, the more break, and the more speed, the less break. Correct. Um, so, Sam, you are this week's winner of How to Play Your Best Golf. It'll be personalised. Uh, message to you, signed by Nick Tuano Hearn. Uh, that will be coming your way. Producer Jules will get in touch and uh, let you know when that's going to arrive and how that's going to arrive. There was another great question about if you were teaching someone to putt from scratch, what would be the best grip and drill that you would teach them? We've got about 30 seconds. Okay. Yeah, that is good. Well, the, the, the conventional way to grip the putter is what's called a reverse overlap. So you sort mm -hmm. of – but the, the thing with putting is you want it more in the palms, not the fingers. That's the other thing with putting because then it helps take the wrist out. But uh, left hand low is another way. I don't mind that because it levels the shoulders out. That's quite a good thing, I think, for young juniors to look at, uh, left hand low. 
Mizuno Golf, find your nearest stockist or fitter at mizunogolf.com slash AU. We will be back next week at the same time. We will review the first week of the playoffs, uh, the Women's Open as well. Until then, Nick, thank you. Thanks, Sam.